tech events are back. We scoured the breadth of Web Summit in Lisbon, one of the most prominent tech conferences in Europe, and we've come back with a boatload of insights, trends, and hot takes. So what's coming next in tech? Well, keep listening to episode 55 of Sideload. Welcome to Sideload, the technology podcast from Edelman, London. I'm Jermaine Dallas, and on today's show, we're talking about what was many people's first big tech show post-pandemic Web Summit 2021 in Lisbon. So what were the main talking points? What did we learn? And maybe I'll even get a restaurant recommendation for the Portuguese capital. Let's see. Uh, We'll be speaking to a couple of the people who were there and who saw everything with their own eyes. Um, Jerry Wisniewski is the Managing Director of the Technology Practice at Edelman London. Her 20-year career has seen her working with some of the biggest names in the industry. And Cosie Howard also works with Jerry at Edelman London within the tech team as well. And she is one of our rising stars. Thank you, Jerry and Cosie, for both of you for joining us on Sideload. Thanks, Jermaine. Thanks for having us. So I know this is probably for for both of you, your your first big um, show post-pandemic. What was it like to be out there again and seeing and meeting people yeah I'll, I'll go first this is Jerry um yeah it was really exciting really thrilling to get on a plane I, I literally haven't been on a plane th- through a pandemic I know some people have started to travel again so it was a whole new experience wearing a mask um and being at a show with 40,000 people really all, all doing the same um it's still got the festival vibes um I think I've heard it described before as the Glastonbury of the tech world um and there's definitely there was a whole lot of buzz and excitement about people being together for the first time um but it was unusual because you know you're sitting in a massive auditorium um all wearing face masks and um you know trying trying to have conversations and network at the same time but uh, you know it was fun it was it was a good first foray into events again the yeah. Glastonbury of the tech world. That makes it sound really cool. <laughs> Cosy, was, was it as cool as that? It was your first uh, Web Summit, wasn't it? It was. It was my first time um, at Web Summit and in Lisbon. Um, it was amazing. And to be honest, it was my first tech conference ever. So I only kind of came into the industry a year ago. So it was a great opportunity to see everything kick off and see the buzz of the tech community. Um, it was great. Everyone was really there for networking and I think that was the really great thing about it you could just go up to people introduce yourself without it being awkward or a bit random that's just what everyone was there to do and everyone was so open to have conversations and chat so yeah it was great and what about um, I'm guessing that the word metaverse was thrown around a lot is was, was that the case <laughs> it was it was. The metaverse is coming, that's for sure. But what it is, uh, no one can exactly agree on. Um, but it's definitely created a lot of buzz. Mark Zuckerberg has been talking about this for a while. But um, because of Facebook Connect, he actually sort of showcased his vision for what the metaverse could be. 
um, it got the industry and creatives and brands talking about the possibilities. Um, and there was a lot of excitement, as you would expect, from a show that attracts tech founders and innovators and people who are excited about the future. Um, so I think it's really cemented in the consciousness of the European tech industry that this is something that everyone can rally behind and get excited about. At the moment, it's, it's a concept, it's not a product, which is really interesting, but it's, it's sort of a vision for what's going to happen when AR and VR go mainstream. Um, you know, hopefully most people now have had a chance to look at that Facebook Connect um, session that Mark, Mark gave. You know, it's a, th- it's a digital 3D world, people can work and play in it. Most people's minds go to thinking about what well, mine did originally to like the film Ready, Steady, Go!, but if you ask my kids, you know, uh, out their alpha generation, generation A, that they're like, oh, it's like Roblox. You've got your avatar, you create your home space, you've got your digital objects, you buy things with digital money, your Robux, you teleport to different worlds and games and spaces and you socialize with your friends. So, you know, as a, as a parent and someone who sees my kids in this, it's a metaverse, Robux is to me is Roblox is definitely a metaverse. I, I can see how that would be really engaging, especially when you take that into, you know, in the VR or AR environment. And then you, you had like in the various different stages, there's a sort of creative and marketing area, people talking about how brands and celebrities and influencers can, you know, be creative in that space. You had Dara Larson, um, the singer up on the main stage, talking about how she had, you know, was hosting you know, virtual shows and meeting fans in Roblox. Um, so you can you can see how exciting it can be. Cosy, are you excited about living in the metaverse? Oh, excited, <laughs> excited or scary. I mean, I think Jerry will agree. Um, we were chatting with Justin and it's a bit crazy how everyone was saying, this is the new world we're going to be living in, you know? And it's like, oh, what about reality? So I don't know. It's, it is exciting, but it's... Um, it's interesting, isn't it? It's a lot lot to take in. <laughs> I think I'm going to channel our good friend Benedict Evans here <laughs> because there was a lot of chat around the show and I know Justin's spoken to the team a bit about this and written a, a blog post about this, but about what happens when some of these quite early stage technologies, primitive technologies that we as sort of within the tech industry have been feel like we've been talking about for a while like blockchain and crypto and nfts what happens when those technologies scale really quickly and become mainstream mm. and one one thought about that is well it could be the metaverse so the the chat is about web web3 so what comes after the social and mobile internet so what happens when all these nascent uh, sort of early stage technologies go mainstream and everyone has them it could be the metaverse that could be something um but benedict evans reminded me in a really great podcast he did recently um in his show with tony Cameron brown that back in the early 1990s and i'm old enough to remember this a group of companies got together and talked about building something called the internet superhighway um, it was like BT, people like AT&T, um, media companies like Time Warner, um, AOL Time Warner. And their idea was to build this, um, this 
platform where people could go and share information and talk to each other. And guess what that became? That was the internet. Mm. But the idea that someone created the internet, like a group of companies created the internet, is really quite laughable now because, like, no one's created the internet. It's it's a it's a collaborative effort. Lots of people have contributed to that. It's not just one company. And I think that's sort of the discussion about you know what the metaverse is and could become. It's not necessarily going to be created by one company, but it could be the vision of many companies that gets contributed to, and what it actually ends up becoming could be quite different from what the vision is today. But yeah. still, very exciting. Absolutely, and um, you mentioned there about um, the, the the internet and the, the sort of the the creation of all that that concept. So one of the, the the things that the internet has disrupted over the years is news. And Cosy, I know you were listening into a conversation about that, weren't you? Yeah. So we went uh, Terry and I we went to um, a talk with some editors from I think it was Yahoo Yahoo News Reuters. Um, gosh, off the top of my head, Wall Street Journal, and I think there was another one as well. Um, and basically, it was talking about why do people not trust the news? Um, it was really interesting. It was a, some stuff I actually kind of followed at uni, actually, um, when I was studying. And they were just saying, why is there so much distrust in the news? They were looking at like polarization and disintermediation. And I think that the Washington Post, they were saying how a big challenge for them, which is to overcome as an industry, is that they've got to like, they really want to follow like fat-based news. And they came up with something which was really interesting that I thought they were saying, now now people are going to have to pay to get the facts. You know, they want, they're going to have to pay for the news that, so that they can like trust it. And it was bizarre because me and Terry were thinking, Oh, so now to get news that is real, you're going to have to pay for a subscription to what, you know, the Times, this Telegraph, which I guess does happen. But yeah, it was a, it was a really interesting conversation. Yeah, and I suppose with with you, and, and before we go any further, I think because we, we we mentioned in a few people, I think we need to explain who they are. So Justin is and um, Justin Westcott, who is um, who heads up um, tech in EMEA, um, and he came along with you guys, didn't he, to Web Summit? Yeah. Also Terry Barron, um, who is a publicist within the um, Edelman Tech team, also made the journey to Lisbon. Um, but um, Jerry, I, I know you have um, been a, been a, around for a while and seen tech. Um, disrupts the news what are your thoughts on on where we'll be heading going forward so yeah I think there's just going to be an acceleration of sort of the trends that we've already seen so we've seen um, media brands experiment with subscription services with different models such as you know um, offering packages uh, around subscriptions like events and services Um, I think of the, the, the Guardian that's offered kind of like additional um, online and in-person events um, as part of the subscription packages. Um, I've, I've seen other models like Tortoise Media, which I think is doing something interesting, which again is a paid-for service, but it's a it's an app-based uh, delivery model of slow, what they call slow news, so analysis and news behind the news. I think people have been exper- experimenting with this stuff for a long time, and I think there's certainly an appetite for news that... Um, news and views that has been thoroughly researched and provides both sides of the argument. 
um, it's taken a while to lift off, but I see the appetite. I see the appetite is there. Um, so more of it will come, I expect. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you mentioned Tortoise Media. I remember when they paid a visit to us at Edelman once and they were very literal and on the nose and made um, brought a tortoise with them and made it just like walk around the meeting room as they were speaking. <laughs> <laughs> but what what else did you see Jerry what was whilst, uh, whilst you was out at web summit well I think my main takeaway from web summit um and I always get excited when I come away from it every year is that European tech is literally on fire so 75 billion was raised in the year to date in the European tech industry that's by far surpassing what was raised in 2020. So in 2020, there was about 35, 36 billion raised. I mean, huge, huge sums of money, ridiculous sums of money. And what we heard from various VCs there was that COVID has really leveled the playing field for European startups. So historically, what had been considered drawbacks for European, um, European sort of tech companies, tech innovators coming out of Europe or being based here was were things like, you know, no one center of gravity because they had there was a lot of fragmentation of teams, um, talent was geographically spread. Um, but what that meant that what that meant was in the pandemic, European companies, tech companies were really quickly able to adapt to it. They'd been used to working in that decentralized way. So now US investors are sitting up and paying attention and there's been a massive influx of capital from the US into Europe because now those investors, angel investors, VCs, they don't have to fly to Europe anymore to do everything, which they felt they needed to do before. They could do everything on the Zoom call. So it's opened up this whole new world for them, which they might have probably discounted previously. Um, but then there's been the digitization of every, everything in the, in the pandemic as well. So you know, from companies in Europe, well, companies in Europe have really seen some of the sort of benefits of that. So, for example, UiPath in health and TransferWise and financial services, they've had explosive growth. I mean, they already had high growth before the pandemic, but through the pan pandemic, absolutely rocketing. But there's a lot of questions now about whether that rocket growth is sustainable. Um, but Europe's been really interesting there was a whole stage this year on um climate tech and out of europe there's certainly lots of interesting developments in climate tech startups um if, if we think about some of the climate tech startups that um you know we we might know there's like food sharing apps like olio um there's the swedish green battery maker um north vault the clothing marketplace depop um, for secondhand clothing, they're all all these um, startups have come out of Europe, and a lot of VCs are actively hunting in that area. And I think health tech for a number of years we've been watching that really closely. That's all also massively burgeoning um, thanks to the acceleration of digitization due to COVID. And um, I suppose regulations in Europe are becoming more favourable. There's been an investment boom in that sector, so there's a lot that's pointing to Europe being really successful coming out of the other side of COVID. Um, um, so lots of opportunity for everybody. Sure. 
and I suppose as, as well because this was taking place at the same time as as COP twenty six, right? So, what was there a feel of this really being infused by that global conversation that was taking place um, elsewhere around um, the environment and how tech can get involved? I think so, yes. But I think on the whole, um, European founders, tech companies have a really strong understanding of their responsibility that they that they have to build to build technologies and build the firms of the future that are going to be responsible. Um, so I've, I've been going now to Web Summit for maybe three or four years and every single year I, I see how passionate people are about doing the right thing when it comes to the climate emergency, climate change, when it comes to, you know, um, thinking about diversity, equity and inclusion. Um, unfortunately, the tech industry gets a lot of flack as well um, for not doing some of these things. And it tends to be leveled at some of the major and big international tech firms. But the startup community, they're really passionate about making sure that their companies that they're building for the future for tomorrow have considered all of those aspects so um yeah i'm I'm really excited i think there's a lot of vcs now that are specifically looking at at investing in climate tech so i expect it's it's going to be a market that um, will grow really really quickly and, and be important for the world yeah, and you you mentioned there about doing the right thing from um, a climate perspective, but also from a diversity perspective. And um, Cosy, I'm going to go to you in a second because I know you you spoke or you heard someone speak about all of, of the um, diversity yeah. and things. Um, but first, um, at last time on on the on sideload, we spoke about um, countering the threat of misinformation. So let's take a quick listen to a snippet of that conversation. The challenge, though, is that when you are sort of the, the, the primary entity by which people are accessing information, they're accessing that information that can actually be wrong and damaging to society. And certainly we've seen that you know, over the last 10 years and the effects that that's had uh, politically, economically, socially, um, and even from a public health perspective. So tech companies absolutely need to be doing more and to be quite vigilant in the way that they are flagging misinformation and disinformation narratives. Um, Additionally, and this is sort of an interesting dynamic with tech companies, is that it is very difficult to algorithmically distinguish misinformation from disinformation, given that intent is a, a key factor within that. And interestingly, the tech companies out of any other sort of stakeholder in society are the best position to do that that of course requires quite a bit of investment but something that i would hope that all of the tech companies particularly facebook twitter TikTok, uh reddit and so on are uh, are actively pursuing you're listening to sideload and today we're talking about web summit 2021 jerry and cozzy are our guests so um cozzy i know that um you heard um the co-founder of black lives matter speak what was that conversation all about oh wow so her name is ao tometi and she was 
amazing. She spoke on the opening night alongside um, Frances Hogan, who is the uh, Facebook whistleblower, and a few other names as well. And she basically, in her opening night discussion, just talked about the rise of the Black Lives Matter movement, how it is the biggest movement in US history. And she kind of gave a bit of background on it. I'm not sure how many people are that familiar with it, but it all started because her sister had basically put a hashtag after um, George Floyd's death and she put a hashtag Black Lives Matter and AO and I think it was also her sister. Um, They use that hashtag across Facebook and it just obviously, as everyone knows, has blown up into this amazing and very influential movement. Um, But yeah, she's a great speaker. I saw her in a couple other interviews as well. And I know diversity is a, a, a real um, big issue for you as well, Jerry. Um, how do you see things going at the moment in terms of industry diversity, either within tech or within the, the, the PR space? Um, I think the tech industry, especially at the, at the startup end, they've, they've made moves quite dramatically to address some of the balance. And luckily in Europe, we have some of the most diverse sets of talent in, in the world, which is to our advantage. Um, I think when it comes to the R sector, the PR agencies, um, I think um, we need to reflect what's going on in the world today. Um, and everyone, you know, there's an industry-wide problem that we have, which we need to address. Uh, and we need to accelerate what's going on here because um, we're trying to reflect the world in which we live in, um, are what people expect to see from brands, um, people that are buying from up, buying from brands, um, people who are investing in brands. Um, so I think diversity is always high on the agenda at somewhere like Web Summit. And I think what's really interesting is the organisers who bring it together are very much aware of its power and influence on that community that are creating the technologies of tomorrow so they do bring in these really high profile speakers um so so obviously AO was there but they had for example Thierry Henry was there um he's got a brand partnership with um Puma and he was talking about you know gave a very impassioned speech about um stopping hate speech online uh, and how the tech community can be agents of change when it comes to hate speech online and so it's a really interesting space for bringing together sort of um, influencers, celebrities, and people that want to see change in the world with the next generation of founder and tech startup who are going to create the world which we live in next. Mm-hmm. So you can see um, it's a really exciting place to be, to be inspired. Um, and I have real great confidence that the companies of tomorrow are going to think about what they create very differently and with a broad spectrum of stakeholders in mind. I'm, I'm really optimistic about that. And there, there were lots of major names who were there, including um, Amy Poehler. And um, I, w- I was surprised to hear that, that Teen Vogue was there. What was the discussion there, <laughs> Cosy? Um, well, Teen Vogue, they had a few editors. I think it was the editor-in-chief and she interviewed... Ayotometi in one of the um, 
one of the shows that I saw. And so they were kind of lots of editors and you, you saw them from all over the place, all journalists. They were interviewing uh, big names, big celebrities. There was also, I know I went to a few like influencer discussions. Um, so they had really big influencers like Casper Lee in the UK. I don't know if anyone's familiar with him. But yeah, they were kind of leading the way of interviews, I'd say a lot on stage, as well as also some of them did their own uh, discussions as well and talking about big topics like we saw Marianne Rustin from the BBC, she's tech editor, and she was talking about um, AI and creativity. So yeah, it was it was great to see all of these editors and journalists um, speak on stage. Nice. And um, I know there's a conversation about um, empowering the next generation of women leaders, weren't they? Yeah. So that was um, that was Amy Poehler's discussion. And she so she's an actress and she famous for Parks and Recreation, I think is her main one. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she was on the she was the final final show of the evening that everyone stayed very late for. So I, I say very late, but it starts it starts early. And if, if you're at a show at six o'clock, that is quite late for her walking around Web Summit. And um, she has her own business and which really pushes for women in tech and um, wants to empower young women. And so she was discussing that on stage, which was great. Yeah, it was great. One last question for both of you. What are you most looking forward to um, for tech in 2022 based on either what you've seen at uh, Web Summit or just in general? Jerry, I'll go to you first. What am I most excited about? Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, I, th- I think the climate tech opportunity is really, really exciting and interesting. As I said, there's a huge number of VCs investing in this area. There's some new ones coming out. I think Europe's ideally placed to kind of solve some of these problems with a diverse set of talent with uh, a number of different firms um, having thought, been thinking about technology solutions to these problems for a very long time and then the european regulation supporting that i think there's lots of investment also coming from sort of europe into those into that sector so um i think one of the things i will be doing (laughs) in the next in the next few weeks is thinking about how we start talking to some of those vcs and those companies and try and you know do our part in um, helping those companies and building the brands of those businesses. I think that would be super exciting for me and the rest of the team. And for you, yeah. Cosy? I would definitely agree with Jerry on that. And I think something that we saw at, um, at Web Summit, which was huge, was the number of startups. I mean, there are just hundreds and hundreds that have, you know, two-minute pitch opportunities. And they just, we met so many. And it was great to see everyone have so much drive for their businesses. So I think that is something definitely exciting. But also, I do think going back to uh, DEI and diversity, equity, inclusion, just how tech can help amplify voices of those that are maybe not able to get their message across. And I think Black Lives Matter is a great example of that, that Facebook did enable the movement to go so far. So I'd say that is also really exciting. Well, Jerry, Cozzy, thank you so much for joining us on the show. And thank you to you for listening to this episode of Sideload. Don't forget to follow the podcast on your favourite podcast player. Just search Edelman UK. And if you want to get in touch, send an email to sideload at edelman.com. See you next time.